Greetings to all my cool cats and cool kittens. They try to copy our style, but they stay frostbitten. You're now tuned to the sounds of MaximumFM.ca. It is your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. What we doing? You can catch me on your TV, even on the radio. My Rob and I rise back, and I'm on your way go. We invaded airwaves. Hate is mad, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous, ain't no stopping us, ain't no topping us, they be watching us, we so prosperous. Oh, you didn't know, your ass better call somebody. Indeed, indeed, telephone and telephone that we're live on the airways right now, and we got a live show to get to. I got some familiar faces coming through to the show tonight. I got my homegirl, Nellie Marshall, and she's bringing her homeboy who goes by the name of Rhino. He does some crump dancing. He also teaches crump dancing as well. So we're going to get into the whole art of dance and how it's been popular within pop culture for an amount of years and all that good stuff. On top of that, we got to talk about Drake's new video. We got to talk about Nas' new album. And we got to talk about the shenanigans that Takashi 69 has got himself into yet again, as well as the new freshman cover that's not looking so fresh. But before I get into all of that, you guys already know that I got some uh, stuff to get off of my chest. And boy, oh boy, do I have some stuff to get off of my chest this week. Uh, ladies and gentlemen, it is time to let that ish breathe. Let this bitch breathe. Now, last week was a very interesting week for me on social media. Now, usually when I'm on social media, I'll post like cool radio links. You know, adding like a little joke here and there on Twitter and all that stuff. Um, so normally during my my regular social media routine, so to speak, I posted the video that I recorded last week of the episode that I did last week in regards to the fallout between Drake and Pusha T and how Jay Prince intervened and how it wasn't fair on his part to do that because now we'll never know who would be the winner was. So technically by... I don't know, judge's decision, so to speak, it would have been Pusha T because he was the last one to record or to put out a diss track, rather, I should say. Now, I posted a video, and one of the things that I said within that video and that recording was the fact that the goalpost for Drake gets moved unnecessarily, whereas it stays in place for most people. And I feel like that's a product of when it comes to the Toronto fan base. I'm not even counting in the Americans because they can think what they want. I could care less about their validation. No disrespect. But when it comes to the Toronto fan base, when I'm talking about the Toronto black fan base specifically, it's a very fickle one. You either have people who actually like Drake who ride with them, but then you have the people who dislike Drake. And it's not even because of music reasons. It's because of music reasons. I would totally understand. Not your cup of tea. It's all good. But there are just people who don't like Drake out here just because he is not their people's champ, so to speak. He is not the one that was selected to represent Toronto as a city in the rap mainstream world of America. He isn't the one who has the aesthetic that we've grown up watching through the hip-hop lens for an amount of years. Someone who came up in the inner city. Someone who had a, a history of drug dealing or being around nefarious individuals. Someone who can talk about that street-ish, but they can get socially political as well, et cetera, et cetera. He doesn't fit that mold, and I feel like a lot of people in Toronto don't accept him because of that. And the funny thing is, a lot of people in Toronto, I, I don't know about the rest of Canada, I can't really comment on that, but Toronto has this redheaded stepchild syndrome where 
They just want to be validated and accepted by America on all fronts, especially when it comes to hip-hop. A lot of people will consider Toronto, a.k.a. Hollywood North, because it's a playoff of Hollywood, of course, because of all the mainstream aspects of our city that we can provide, that we have provided both for Canada and America. But at the same time, they also want to be validated for having a hoods and blocks and all that stuff, all the street stuff that they grew up listening to. They want Scarborough to be their Brooklyn or to be their Compton or whatever the case may be. And I think just some black Canadians can't accept the fact that the black Canadian lifestyle, while may have a few similarities here and there, is completely different from the black American lifestyle. We live a lifestyle where most of us as black Canadians are well aware of our roots and our heritage and our history and our culture because we're made up of first generation, second generation Canadians who descended, who are descendants of immigrants. So our culture is still intact as far as where we come from, whereas the black Americans, you know, we already know the story with, with slavery, Jim Crow, et cetera, et cetera. So they've had their history detached from from their from their proceedings basically that's just one aspect main thing that really bothers me is the fact that when it comes to black culture in north america so now i'm encompassing canada america and hell maybe even some parts of the caribbean as well is the fact that black black people sometimes not all black people but some black people from what i've noticed just through conversations i've had with people even the, the dialogue that i had just last week about the video that i posted is that black people love to think that when it comes to black culture, and again, some black people, they like to think that black culture is all about the struggle. It's all about the struggle. So if you're living below the poverty line or something to that extent, then that's what makes you black. But dare you live in a suburb or grew up in a suburb your entire life, then that means you're white. If you don't watch certain things on television, then you're white or you're not part of the black experience. And I think that's unfair to put on people. And I feel like a lot of people put that on Drake because of the fact that he's biracial, he's light-skinned, and that he grew up in an affluent neighborhood. Now, what people fail to realize is the fact that it's not like this guy grew up in a lap of luxury. Like this guy grew up in a single parent household. His dad left him when he was young. His mom got ostracized by the people within her family and her community because she had a black baby. Let's be real. And then when she retired from teaching, she was basically broke and she relied on him to pay the bills in the house because they lived in a basement apartment in those Forest Hills communities where he used a salary from Degrassi to pay for all the bills essentially. So if you ask me the story that he has isn't that far off from the story that we've heard from other rappers where they grew up in a single-parent household, where they grew up in, a, in an apartment or some type of complex, basically, and where they had to provide for the family because they had to be the quote-unquote man of the house. His upbringing isn't as different on paper or on resume as anyone else's. So, again, why does this guy get the goalposts move for him often? Now, you may say, oh, you're being a Drake stand, you're being a Drake stand. No, I'm not being a Drake stand at all. If I'm, if I'm going to be a stand, I'll save that for Kendrick Lamar. I'll stand the hell out for Kendrick Lamar. I'm just being objective right now. And I'm objective to say when I like or when I don't like Drake as far as his music goes. But looking at this entire situation, people just act as if that this guy is a pushover or that he has no roots in hip-hop culture or he doesn't do anything for his community. I mean... Even last week, I counted off the numerous things that he's done for the Toronto community, whether that's giving back to, east, to the east end of Toronto, whether that's uh, donating money numerous amount of times to Team Canada basketball program that facilitates basketball for both Canadian men and women all throughout uh, ages 15 and up as far as competing for the national uh, tournaments. He's actually hosted plenty of free basketball tournaments.
runs throughout the city every summer. And on top of that, he's given back to its arts and entertainment scene as well. But yet, for whatever reason, people will say he never gives back. And then they'll criticize him for doing the whole giving money to people in Miami, saying, oh, how come he's not doing that in Toronto? He has been doing that in Toronto. He just doesn't do it on that type of stage or on that type of front. That was just for a music video. And I think it's big on him to do that because he has used Miami in so many of his songs throughout the majority of his career. So, of course, you expect him to give back at some capacity. He just has to have to do it on a large front. And that kind of brings me to his whole baby mother situation. A lot of people are saying how he's a deadbeat, and they're only saying this because Pusha T said it on the record. Just because our rapper says it on the record doesn't make it true. I mean, sure, he didn't announce to the world that, hey, I got a kid, but do you really have to? And I think this is a product of the generation that we're living right now, the, the social media generation, the transparent generation, where if you don't post something on social media, that you're not doing it. So if you're not eating a bag of chips, or sorry, if you're, not, if you're not posting a picture of you eating a bag of chips, then you're not doing it. If you're not posting a picture of you going to the gym, then you're not doing it, et cetera, et cetera. And it's not like he has to pull a DJ Khaled where he has to show his son off or whatever. Maybe he just doesn't want his son to be in the public spotlight. That's actually a thing. You don't have to have your kids up in the public spotlight. And to say he's a deadbeat when it comes to taking care of his son, again, we don't know what the dynamic is between him and his son. But the fact that he named his kid after an Adidas line means that not only is he taking care of him financially, but he's actually passing down an inheritance to him. And inheritance is something that's very unfamiliar with the black community as a whole it's familiar in other communities but when it comes to the black community it's very few and far in between so at least he's representing on that front and i feel like people are kind of letting go of that and they're not really they don't want to acknowledge that but if this were another rapper like a jay-z or something like that they'd be all for it and that kind of brings me back to the whole blackface thing where it was explained by multiple times by multiple people that it was an art piece meant to explain the whole denigration between black actors in, in not only Hollywood, but just in the, in, in the entertainment industry when it comes to getting black roles that aren't necessarily quote-unquote black roles. This was accentuated in the Bamboozled film from Spike Lee where he had two of his main protagonists, a light-skinned guy who was also biracial and also a dark-skinned man, performing blackface to, to basically perform satire as to how hard and how difficult it is to get a black role within the world of acting and entertainment. Jay-Z did a similar thing last year when he put out the story of OJ when he had an animated caricature of himself in blackface. He even had Nina Simone in blackface. You know, so it all just goes down to a point of irony and using satire to explain a political point. This is not something new. This is not something that's out of this world. It's been used by many artists on, no, on numerous amount of occasions. But when Drake does it, he's a coon. Even though there's so much context and dialogue that explains the irony behind it. The man was rocking a Jim Crow t-shirt. Like, you're not going to do something as outlandish as that and say that you're just joking or something like that. If he was at, like, a Halloween party in, like, Alabama or something like that, I can understand. But this was for a portfolio for a clothing line that people wanted to use to explain racism within North America as it pertains to art, the arts and entertainment scene. I guarantee if that was anyone else not named Drake, there would be no issue with that. But because it's him, again, the goalpost has moved. So I'm going to touch on that. Just This is the last time I'm going to touch on this for a while. Because after seeing that barrage of F Drake this, F Drake that, he ain't one of us, he ain't from the hood, yada, yada, yada. 
I don't know, but I don't know what I don't know what some people in Toronto want. I don't know if they want that 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 Tory Lanez mayhem Moriarty type where they just wanted them to be thugging it out and say, look, look, we got hoods, we got hoods. I mean, that's not what hip hop is all about. You don't have to be from the hood to be a respectable rapper to be a good rapper. There have been plenty of rappers who have come from the hood who absolutely suck. All right, but for whatever reason, because they got the juice, it's like, yo, he a real nigga though. He a real nigga though. He out here getting that money, like. I don't know, man. I'll never understand the the dichotomy when the dichotomy when it comes to that. All I'm saying is, call a spade a spade. If you don't like Drake for his music, that's fine. To each his own. Like I'm not a huge fan of Chance the Rapper, for example, but people cape for him. That's cool. But if you're gonna dislike the man and just ignore all logic altogether, then that's when you know the hate is real. I'm not even just saying hate as a trendy word, but when you're able to just look past beyond logic. Facts and evidence that prove somebody's case and say, damn all that, I still hate him. He's this, that, and the third for anyone. Then, you know, you got some issues. I, I don't even know what to say beyond that. Either way, do you agree? Do you disagree? I'm sure a lot of you are going to disagree, but that's okay because I accept dialogue. Either way, hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC and share your thoughts. Coming up after commercial break, I got my homegirl Mel, uh, Mel Flower, and I also got my man Rhino in studio. We're going to talk about singing. We're going to talk about dancing. We're going to talk about all that good stuff. But before we get to all that, we're going to play a record from Mel Flower that she debuted a few months ago on her last appearance on the show. So keep it locked. This is Cool Radio, and we'll be right back after these messages. Yeah. Cool cats and cool kittens, welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. Now, as promised, we have two guests, two special guests in the evening, one a familiar face of Cool Radio and one making his entrance into the Cool Radio Hall of Fame for the very first time. One of them is, is a very prominent singer in the city who does her thing on the regular, and another is a gentleman who is bringing the art of crump to Toronto, and I have the pleasure of having both of these talented individuals in studio with me right now. One goes by the name of Mel Flower, and the other goes by the name of Rhino. J- ladies and gents, welcome to the show. What's up, what's up, man? How you doing? How you doing? No worries. Now, we're going to ask you guys to do is kind of bring that microphone closer to you so we can hear your voices, because we want to hear the message that you guys have us have for us today. How's that? Is that, is that a bit closer for you guys? Yeah, that's good. That's good. All right. Excellent. Excellent. So, Mel, I'm going to start with you. Um, right. It's been a minute since you've been on the show, and this is probably the first time that you've been here during the middle of the year, actually, because yeah. it's always very cold <laughs> when you come by. <laughs> yeah. So, how's uh, everything been since the last time you were on Cool Radio? good it's been busy i've been doing lots of performances and um just working on my craft right right absolutely and do we have any new shows coming up in the near future i got a show on august 1st Mm -hmm. at night owl that's a wednesday so it's not caravan a weekend and it won't interfere with your plans (laughs) (laughs) yo i love how you put these disclaimers every time every time Oh, man. But, yeah, I hear you. You got to promote. You got to promote. Absolutely. Now, Rhino, this is your first time on the show, yes, man. Yes, is, Definitely man. your first time on the show. Not the first time we've met. We've actually met in the past. It was yeah, during yeah, All-Star Weekend, what have you. And um, what I find interesting about you is that you you actually perform an art of dance that's not really well-known in Toronto, I no, would not, say. Not. not in Toronto. Mostly in America, primarily L.A., I would say, because I think that's where the grassroots of it started, you know, as far yeah. as America goes. But you've brought it to um, you've brought it to Toronto, actually. So first of all, how did you even get involved with crumping in the first place? Well, just just to clarify, like I didn't personally bring crump into Toronto. Oh, like um, we all came together as a movement, uh, the, the Toronto Crump Movement, mm-hmm. and uh, 
we basically started a whole trend where trying to get people interested. Mm -hmm. uh, me personally, I got into Crump like I can say in '06, mm -hmm. right at the beginning. Uh, there was a group of uh, people. One dude came up to me. He was really random. Mm -hmm. I thought he was like sketchy, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah um, all dancers like we just warm up to each other. So mm -hmm. he was the only crumper in the city. He pulled me aside and said, "Yo, this is new styles." Like, yeah, I'm interested in it, and mm -hmm. it blossomed from there. Right, right. That's what's up. And what's unique about crumping from other styles of of dance style within like well, black culture? I would well, say. for one, like uh, crumping, as everybody should know, it comes from Africa. Mm -hmm. It did um, really become mainstream in America in uh, Los Angeles, but it started from africa from the aggressiveness and the uh just war paint we have war paint <laughs> sometimes mm -hmm. um when we dance i can say the difference between mainstream and like crumping mm -hmm. is that we hype each other up so like right. we would yell at each other uh get in the person's heads just get them really amped so they can give their best whereas other dancers were they just like do their gunshot in the air pop pop and right, right, right. <laughs> snap their finger or something but yeah there, there's a huge difference in that in that aspect right absolutely and like what do you attribute to its rise of popularity like what made it so groundbreaking in your opinion uh like my contrib my contribution like not necessarily your contribution but yeah. just in, in general like how the movement got sparked in north america like oh, what like what do you like how do you like how do you think it got so popular like it got popular because of the unity of it uh the, mm -hmm. the fam aspect because in crump you have to have fams in order to really uh just keep it solid so mm -hmm. what we did was we brought a bunch of people together, made a fam, and in that, mm -hmm. just saw the, like a bunch of like the youth saw us and like, yo, that's cool. Those guys look at a click. They look solid. So mm -hmm. they wanted to get into it. And then from there, we just got everyone following and it blossomed from there also. Right, right, right. right. So like, how did you actually kind of get people like, like attached to it? Because like you were saying like earlier, you're saying how the one guy you made, he's like, yo, this new dance coming up. Yeah. Like, I think it's going to be really popular. It, did it become somewhat of like a word of mouth thing? Like uh, at it, that point for you? At first, at first it all started from Rise, like the movie Rise. Like, yeah, yeah. That's, that's where everyone. That was a doc, right? That was yeah. a documentary. That's when like all, everybody in the scene today saw Rise and was like, that's what I want to do because right. they saw the, the unity of it, like the power, the powerful, like, movements and everybody's like hyping that up and whatnot right so right. i can say rise is what really triggered everybody's interest mm -hmm. and like commitment to it to this day right right and like how has the toronto community kind of received the the crump movement at the uh, thus far well at one point there was it was blowing up like it was really crazy there was a lot of people in the scene mm -hmm. in uh simply swag dance studio shout out simply swag mm -hmm. um when now today like it's it's we're, it's like a rebirth. We're mm -hmm. trying to get everybody in it and like uh, just more interested. Right, right. So there, there has been a dead time, but now today, like it's it's starting to grow. Right, right, absolutely. And uh, what would you say would be um, the the catalyst to just black art forms of dance in general being at the epicenter of pop culture? Because like we see shows like America's Best Dance Crew yeah. or or Dancing with the Stars and things of that nature, like. Why, like, why is it that, like, they kind of gravitate towards, like, the, the, uh, the quote-unquote urban demographics, well, so to speak? It, to be blunt, like, everybody, like, everybody wants to be black. That's just who we are. Like, we, right. have that, we have that swag. So when it comes to, like, dance in general, like, mm -hmm. the most mainstream dances, everybody from the, like, the little, the little white girl wants to do that dance. Right, right, right. So, right. Like, yeah, I just see the interest in that. Like everybody wants to be like us when it comes to style, dancing, mm -hmm. hairstyles sometimes. Right. Everything, man. So Right. And for me, I'm kinda noticing a bit of a cultural shift as well. Like yeah. I remember 
in like the early 2000s, early in the mid 2000s, uh, people were more up on the Caribbean styles of dance, right? Yeah, yeah. So like that was more prevalent, you know, you know, whining and all that stuff and what have you. But now I feel like in this kind of current de- um, decade that we're in right now, I feel like more African, like more continental African dances are kind yeah, of being shown. Yeah, so definitely. like you're, so like you mentioned crumping. There's also like the Azanto from Ghana yeah, or yeah. the the Guara Guara from from yeah, South yeah, Africa yeah, and yeah. what have you. So like. How like what like why not that I mind of course because you yeah. know I'm African but like why do you feel like the the culture is now shifting from the Caribbean style to the more continental African style? Oh, that's a good question. Um, well, I can say it's there's more flavor in it. Like mm-hmm. um, everybody has their the dance hall. They've gone through that. Like what's next type of thing. You mm-hmm. know what I mean? So dance hall like. When when Bogo was around, everybody's like, "Oh yeah, like I want to look like that. I want to dress like that." Mm-hmm. And then now, when everybody knows those dance styles, there's no dance, no new dance styles being made. Right, they're gonna shift to something else. So, exactly, yeah. and like and those dances have been around for so long, yeah, right? But like, yeah. it, it just takes a while for people to catch on now. Yeah, and, and it's kind of funny because we're kind of talking about African culture right now, but I feel like just African culture as a whole is kind of getting like a brand new perspective. And I kind of yeah. feel like when you have a movie like Black Panther that comes out, I feel yeah. like that kind of like jump starts it a Even little from bit. Childish, Childish Gambino's video. Oh yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, working on doing the like most dances like that. Man. Yeah, yeah. You can see it's blossoming. Like it's crazy. Absolutely, yeah. And then even like I was just reading an article today because World Cup is right now. It's starting right now. Yeah, yeah. Um, I was reading an article saying how the Nigeria um mm. uh, jersey or the kit rather is now the most popular selling kit yeah, right now, basically. Yeah, and a definitely. lot of people are kind of hopping on it. So like, yeah, I just feel like it's kind of like a bit of a cultural shift happening right now. But whether it's Caribbean or African, it's still black culture still, regardless, yeah. anyway, right? And I just love the fact that people. People on both sides are kind of embracing that because, mm-hmm. like, Africans we embrace, we embrace like reggae and dance or what have you. But now I feel like a lot of Caribbeans are embracing like yeah. Afro being a hip yeah. life and all that stuff, which is really dope to see. Exactly. And it just kind of goes into like the unification aspect of black culture as a whole, basically. Yeah, yeah. Now, let me ask you something as like a professional dancer, basically. Yeah, um, I've always noticed, like, in the 2000s, especially, like, dance movies always came out, yeah. and to me. Save the Last Dance is still the standard bearer because there's <laughs> oh, actual yeah. there's an actual plot yeah. there's an actual you know uh, dilemma that that the, yeah. the protagonists go through and what have you yeah. there's a concise storyline and it's still it's still relevant to today yeah. but ever since then I feel like it's always been the cliche yeah like step up step up one yeah step let's bit, yeah. let's 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 form a dance crew to like yeah. raise money for the rec center <laughs> and all true. that stuff true, yeah. so it's just like why why in your opinion do you feel like dance movies can get stagnant as as far as plot goes because the performers they're excellent yeah, yeah. but like how come there's very little to no originality it's, when it comes to the plot I feel like it's for the kids for for teenage like the young teens and whatnot for right. them to like really see like because like everybody like wants to come up from a struggle right so yeah. a little kid sees that in a dance scene I'm a dancer right. dancers, dancers struggle too like right. they want to copy that and whatnot so I see that like being that the case yeah. right 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 and do you feel like within within mainstream pop culture do you feel like dancers should get more of a spotlight like the choreographers and what have you because they're kind of in the background yeah but do you feel like they should get as much of a spotlight as let's say a recording artist or an actor or anything with that most definitely because they Mm -hmm. they they build the aesthetic of of anything like performance video whatnot they even have videos where you just see a dancer you don't even see the artist anymore so right right exactly i I definitely agree with that right absolutely all right man so you know what we're gonna do we're actually gonna get to the games portion of the show right so this is where we kind (laughs) of spice things up a little bit mel's kind of looking at me like yeah you you in trouble now boy you in trouble now nah nah you'll be fine you'll be fine i I got faith in you don't be scared (laughs) (laughs) so the first First game I got for you is a game called Cool or Uncool, okay. and it goes a little something like this. Yeah. 
I'm going to turn that a little bit higher. There we go. All right. So in this game, there is a multitude of scenarios that we're going to go through. All right. And you're basically going to let me know if these scenarios are cool or if they're uncool. Okay. And I always encourage all my guests, Mel knows this, um, to feel free to deliver some context as you believe why you feel this is cool or uncool. Got you. All right. So you've heard the rules of engagement. Are you ready? Ready. All right, so let's do this. So we were just kind of talking about this. But we're gonna bring it up again. Uh, so dance films, cool or uncool? Uncool. Uncool. Okay. Um, let's see. Uh, summertime in Toronto, cool or uncool? Cool. Okay. What's one activity you like doing in the summertime in Toronto? Football. Football. Okay. 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 So you're an NFL fan then, right? No. Not. Not. Not, not anymore. Not, not anymore. anymore. <laughs> no, no, no. Gee, I wonder why. Exactly. So let's talk about that real quick. Actually, I'm glad. We, I'm glad we're on this, man. Do you feel that the NFL would prosper a lot better if they had a similar model to the NBA as far as like freedom of speech and what have you? Oh, most definitely. Okay. Even though the NFL is bigger, I would say in my opinion, it's, it, it's a bigger entity. I agree. Yeah. 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 yeah but I definitely feel like, it, yeah. Would be right, right, and there's definitely a lot of hypocrisies with, with yeah. the NFL and and the, the the new rule where like you get fined if if yeah, if, if you're kneel, kneeling, yeah, you which is BS because no one said anything about Tim Tebow when he was kneeling. Exactly. So, but hey, we'll exactly. leave that for another broadcast. <laughs> uh, let's see. Oh, uh, World Cup, cool on cool. Cool, <laughs> but I ain't interested in it like that, you know. So right, right, right. right. I, I, I guess it's not cool because your, your country's not in it. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> see, you see it in my eyes, right? Yeah, I, come right. on, I see it in your eyes. <laughs> Listen, when it comes to my Caribbean brethren, they'll always cheer for like England or uh, Brazil or some random South American country that has like one or two black people in yeah, it. Man. But they'll never cheer for the African countries. I'll never <laughs> understand why. I have like one or two friends that'll cheer for like Ghana or Nigeria. But like, nah, we're going for England. You're right. So you're going to go for your oppressors? That's what you're going to do? <laughs> That's what we're doing right now? Okay, all right. Oh, no, I was, I was, I was just going to <laughs> But nah, I encourage you to cheer for any of the African nations, man. You, mm-hmm. I will extend that olive branch. Yes, you can man. cheer for anyone you want. We got Nigeria in there. We got Senegal in there. I think we got Angola in there. Egypt is in there. They're more North African, but still African nonetheless. Um, but yeah, feel free to choose whatever one you yes, want. Yeah, yeah, I'm your co-side. <laughs> you, anyone that try asking you, you tell them come to DM. Cool. All right. Um, NBA, cool or uncool? Cool. Cool. Okay. Yeah. Favorite team? You got a favorite team? No, I don't have a favorite team. Right, right. No. Do you have a team that you prefer to to watch? Uh, always my home team, man. Raptors. Okay, okay. There we go. You know, you, you get a cool job for that. So, you know, there's not enough black people who support the Raptors in the city, exactly. man. I'm just, it's, it's. I can go on for that for days as well, man. I <laughs> can go on for that. Trust me, man. Uh, okay. Uh, Drake versus Pusha T. Like just the beef as a whole, cool or uncool? Oh, it was cool. It was cool. Okay. In your opinion, do you feel like this was like the best beef that we've had in at least like a decade? Definitely. Okay. Definitely. Okay. Because that's why I feel as well. Like regardless of who you thought won or lost, yeah. we actually had bars between the two yeah. rappers. You know what yeah. I mean? It's not like it was a Photoshop battle or something like yeah, that. Exactly. Or if it was like one guy rapping and the next guy was on Tory Big Boom, I ain't gonna respond. Yeah. I got all this money. <laughs> do, 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 whatever. It's nah, true. it was actually bars. Like the last time I got this type of a rap battle was probably when Game was beefing with G-Unit. And yeah. that was like, what, 05, 06? I was still in high school back then. <laughs> Tell me I haven't had a good beef in 12 years. Jeez. You, they got to cut, man. When the bars they got to cut. Man. They do, man. They do, man. Uh, Netflix, cool or uncool? Cool. Do you have a go-to on Netflix uh, for, as far as shows yeah, and all that? I've been recently watching this cartoon called The Hollow, actually. The Hollow? Okay, the is Hollow. that like an anime? or? Yeah, you can say that. Okay, yeah, okay. Yeah, yeah. 
All right, that's what's up. Yeah, I'm kind of random on Netflix. Like, whatever comes up, I'm watching. But, like, I have my hit list of certain shows I like to watch. Like, Luke Cage Season 2 is coming back next yeah, week. And, that. like, that just flew by. I was like, oh, yeah, it is next week. <laughs> Shit. But I'm hyped for that. All right. <laughs> now, the second game that we got lined up, this one is a personal favorite of mine. Mel's giving me that devious smile because she knows what's about to come up. Oh, man. This game, my friend, is called I'd Quit the Game. <laughs> Every second, every minute, man, I swear that she can get it. Now, in this alternate universe, this alternate timeline, if you will, you know, before Thanos put on the Infinity Gauntlet, (laughs) (laughs) you are in an alternate universe where you are the eligible bachelor, all right? So you are wheeling, dealing, kiss stealing, jet flying, limousine riding, all that good stuff. But there comes a point in every man and woman's life where they got to quit the game. They got to settle down, move into the white home with the white picket fence, apple pie cool on the windowsill, okay. tire swing on the tree, <laughs> Spud McKenzie looking dog, all that good stuff. <laughs> if you had to quit the game, for one of these two ladies I have handpicked for you, <laughs> who would you quit the game for, my friend? Would you quit the game for Tessa Thompson? Or would you quit the game for Zoe Zaldana? Wow. The choice is yours, my friend. <laughs> and you have to choose one. You man. just one. You can only choose one. I'm going to go with uh, Zoe. Zoe? Okay, okay. Why Zoe? I'm curious. Yeah, honestly, just the appeal of it. Just the appeal of it. Right, right, right. I will say this. There is no wrong answer. <laughs> Both women are beautiful yeah. in their own rights. Me, personally, I go with Tessa Thompson, but that's okay, though, because they are both beautiful, exactly. successful women, and I am all here for that. <laughs> Nonetheless, ladies and gentlemen, we do have some commercials to get to. I still got my man Rhino in the building. I still got my homegirl Mel Flower in the studio. She's making her little cameo appearance right now. When we come back, we will talk about the three topics of the week that we are going to dive into in full detail. But before we get to that, we got to listen to some music. And this one comes by way of my man 40 North. And this one is called Hustle and Flow. And it's only on Cool Radio. Yeah. Cool. Uh, yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. <clears throat> Once again, it's your man DM Cool, and this is Cool Radio. I still got my man Rhino in the studio. Say what's up to the people. What's up, man? What's up? Yeah, yeah, yeah. I still got Mel Flower in the studio. She kind of doing her little cameo thing. <laughs> That's what's up. Now we're going to get to trip talk. So three of the hot topics that took place within this week within pop culture. So we're gonna get to it. All right. So first topic on the deck is we gotta talk about Drake's new video that he did for the record. I'm upset. Now, before the video came out, a lot of people, for the most part, were saying how it wasn't that good of a record or whatever, or they didn't understand what he was doing on the record. So, me personally, I didn't listen to the record. Like, not 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 because I didn't want to, but just because I was of the mindset where I'll I'll hear it when I hear it kind of thing, you know? <laughs> so, besides, I'm still on the Black Panther album, let's be honest. <laughs> I'm, I'm standing hard on that album right now. I don't even, I don't even care. <laughs> but, um, so, I actually got to hear the record when the video came out as well. So that's when I was listening to it for the first time. Me personally, I didn't really care about the record. It was cool. It was whatever. Like it sounded like your standard Drake trap record. Like I didn't really take that much from it. I was like, all right, cool, whatever. It wasn't amazing. The video, however, the video was hilarious. I love the video. I I wasn't a huge fan of uh Degrassi growing up. In fact, a little little confessional here. I didn't know about Degrassi until I heard about Drake as an artist. And even then I didn't know Drake was an actor turned rapper or whatever the case may be. I thought he was just a rapper coming up. I think it was when, uh, what's the video? Replacement Girl Trey Songs. That's when I first heard about Drake. And then I heard about, oh, he's wheelchair Jimmy in this show. I'm like, okay, so let me check it out. Let me see what his acting is like. So I I just watched a few of the episodes that he was on. 
oh, okay, okay, cool. So there's like a teen soap opera that a lot of people are into. All right, cool, whatever. Not my cup of tea, but cool. And then I saw the video. I'm like, yo, this video is hilarious. <laughs> I love this video. What I like about Drake in music videos is when he shows off a sense of humor. Because I feel like some rappers, especially, take themselves too seriously. They got to be all, yo, I'm hard, no more. Bum, bum, bum. No, like, show us that he got a personality. And he actually does have a personality. Like, he knows how to take a joke. He knows how to deliver a joke, which I really appreciate about him. And the video as well is funny. Like, I love the part where the guy who shot Jimmy was actually running through the hallways, running away from people because like, he was about to get his ass kicked. I thought that was hilarious hilarious and then the bonus was when they had the Jalen Silent Bob characters in the video as well okay. I, I was not expecting that as well that was crazy but um Rhino did you ever get a chance to see the video I or not I actually did not okay but, yeah but I, I am a Degrassi fan though so okay I really want to check that video out. all right so if you're a Degrassi fan you'll love this video yeah. like I always tell people nostalgia is one hell of a drug yeah. and we love to get high off of it yeah. right <laughs> so when you see this video you're gonna be laughing your ass off it's basically a video where it's, it's a high school reunion and they're turning up so like they're actually acting like they're in a club and like instead of like popping bottles in the in the booth or whatever they're popping champagne on the bleachers on, oh, on the middle of the, on the middle of the court oh, there's like a sort of like a like a suedo pep rally happening and then even the principal who was in the grass he's in the video too oh, so he, he brought back everybody he brought back everybody <laughs> everybody that i recognize at yeah, least yeah. but like he brought back everybody even his boy that was in the uh that was in the grass i can't remember the character's name uh, but i remember later on like he had cancer or something like yeah, that like uh, the character had cancer so yeah. he shaved his head hey they still look like who they are, but some of them grew. Yeah. Like like Liberty, she she looking good now. Yeah. Liberty looking good. Liberty was yeah, <laughs> like she grew up. She grew up. <laughs> okay. Liberty grew up. <laughs> she grew up, man. But yeah, like a lot of the characters kind of look like they're adult selves now. They're probably in their late twenties, early thirties. It, it was it was fun. It yeah. was just good fun. And like I feel like it's one of those things where hip hop, like as far as the hip hop aesthetic within videos. It doesn't have to be one singular thing. It doesn't have to be you posted on the block drinking a forty or drinking heady from the neck. I don't know yeah. why mans do that. Like that, I'll the never gang understand. Of dudes behind exactly. You. Yeah. <laughs> nah. These guys, they were just having fun. Yeah. You know what I mean? So I thought it was cool, man. But yeah, like if you're a fan of Degrassi, you're, you're definitely gonna enjoy that. I, I personally believe, man. So uh, I would say probably the best aspect of the video. It was. Oh, you know what? Best aspect of the video. Check it out at the end. I won't spoil it for you, but okay. just check it out at the end. It, you'll you'll be like oh, okay okay cool cool I like what you did there I like what you did there but yeah it's a good video man yeah no spoilers no spoilers no spoilers, no spoilers. Yeah. even though like the internet is just like going crazy over right yeah, now yeah Instagram's horrible with that uh, yeah trust me <laughs> like if they have like a movie's coming out I avoid Instagram and social media like the plague like I remember again when the Black Panther trailer like, first came out I saw a little bit of it on someone's Instagram feel like nope yeah no nope. I turned off my phone immediately you I was like have no to. you have to. no you will not get me this time <laughs> we will not have it till <laughs> but yeah no definitely go see the video it, it's it's a lot of fun and i just feel like a lot of a lot of videos can can have fun you can have different kinds of videos and everything like that just yeah. kind of round it all together basically yeah, it's true, it's true. yeah but nonetheless what do you guys at home think do you, did you guys enjoy the drake degrassi video basically is what it was called in my opinion uh either way hit me up on twitter at cool radio cc and share your thoughts next on the docket we gotta talk about nas okay now nas Sort of dropped his album today. So the name of the album is Nazir, so his first name. Um, and basically the way the video or sorry, the way the album debuted was video footage of his release party and under the Brooklyn Bridge, actually. And it was basically just a party, and like a lot of people were there. Swiss Beats was there, Kanye was there, Pusha T was there, Kim Kardashian was there, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but yeah, a lot, a lot, a lot of notable people were there, basically. And the only way to listen to 
the actual album is by watching the video on YouTube. So I don't know if this is like a marketing strategy that they're going with. If it is, it's very peculiar, I guess you could call it. It's different. I don't know if I like it. I don't know. I actually know I don't like it because I don't have it on my streaming platform right now. (laughs) That's the smart of them. That's why. Exactly. But that's why I like it on the flip side because it's very creative. You're generating buzz and intrigue and what have you. That way when people actually do have it available on their Apple Music or their Tidal or their Spotify, then the downloads are going to come in like crazy. Yeah. But even with an with an artist like Nas, you're gonna get the core fan base in there anyway. So he's gonna do the numbers that he is more privy to anyway. And what I like about the album, mind you, I haven't heard it. I've only heard like a snippet of one song because I wanted it again on my platform. <laughs> what I like about it is the fact that I don't know if this is actually a fact, actually, but apparently all the songs were produced by Kanye West. And the biggest knock on Nas was he doesn't know how to choose a good beat, which is kind of a subjective thing to say because art is subjective, sound is subjective, what have you. Um, And I find that he has had good production on a lot of his albums. I feel like maybe the the couple of albums that I could probably, you know, vouch for for certain people in that regard would be Streets Disciple and then maybe Godson, I would say. But beyond that, he's had pretty solid production, especially on his last album. He had Swiss Beats on there. No ID was on there. The interns were on there. Uh, Justice League was on there. Like he, had, he had some heavy hitters on that one. Yeah, so I, yeah. So, but anyways, like, what do, what do you feel about the way Nas released this album? I feel like it was a good strategy. I okay. feel like it, it's different. It's exactly the reason why you said like people can't get their hands on it right now. Right. Right. They gotta they gotta put views on that video. Right. To show that they're interested in that song. So. Right. Now, as much as people are kind of clamoring for this album, there are some people who are kind of like quote-unquote boycotting against it for a couple of reasons. So one reason is because of Kanye West's involvement with it, because of his 400 years of slavery comment. (laughs) Right, right? And they're thinking, like, you know, if we're canceling Kanye, we got to cancel everything. And, like, I don't know, I guess with me personally, as long as Kanye's not saying that rhetoric on the actual album itself, I'm cool with that. If it's just him making the beats, then that's fine because he's going to make production that caters to Nas' yeah. style. He's not going to yeah. make Kanye production for a Nas yeah. album. Otherwise, that's when I'd be like, yeah, like yeah. your new stuff that you're on right now, I don't know if that jives well with Nas because yeah. it doesn't really jive with me you know, on certain cuts here and there. And then also another reason is because there's a recent, one, uh, sort of recent, relatively recent story that came out uh, when Khalees was being interviewed by, I think, Extra TV or something like that. And she detailed the relationships uh, the relationship between her and, and Nas back when they were together and talked about, you know, how there was physical abuse but on both mm-hmm. ends. So she physically abused him, but then he did it to her as well. Okay. So a lot of people were saying, well, I'm not going to support a woman beater and all that stuff, whatever. But anyways, what I'm trying to ask is, do you feel that all those existential factors should factor into whether or not someone buys that new album from him? No, if the, I feel like if the music is good, like, you just follow, like, fo- like just follow the craft type of thing. Like, you can't really... Like there's 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 always extremists. There's always people that take stuff way too seriously, and not right. not to say that they shouldn't take it seriously if it is a serious situation. Right. But there are people who exaggerate and do too much to try to harm an artist. Right. Right. Harm their craft. Absolutely, because I feel like it's one of those situations where I I've always been an advocate of saying you know you can separate the artist from the from the person. You know what I mean? Exactly. Because. Bill Cosby is not Cliff Huxtable. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. So if you want to watch classic episodes of the Cosby Show. Be my guest, yeah. and at the same time, you can still denounce him for what he's done recent or what he's done throughout the last few years, and has been you know been come to light in the last few years. You know what I mean? As far as 
Now, with R. Kelly, it's a little bit tricky because, like, <laughs> <laughs> like his music is very yeah. subliminal. You know what I mean? Yeah. Like, but you can't even say R. Kelly without any, everyone, like, uh. Yeah, you know what I mean? Because, <laughs> like, come on, like, keep it on the download. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, seems like you're ready. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like, he was on the cover of an album called AJ, Nothing But a Number. You know? You know? So it's, it's very tricky. Yeah, so yeah. that one is, like, the exception to the rule. You know what I mean? We put that in the maybe box because we don't true. really know. But, you know, bringing it back to Nas, though, I mean, like, what I, some of the comments I found interesting were the fact that he said that or people were saying that he's never commented on the relationship that he had with Khalees before, but that was the premise of his latest out al- of his last album, Life yeah, Is Good. Yeah. It was a cover of him in, in his wedding outfit with the woman's dress in his lap, exactly. and then on the last song, especially, they talked about it on what was the name of the record? I think it was I think it was was a Bye Baby. I think that was the name of the record, or whatever. And he went into full detail yeah. about how the relationship crumbled. I can't remember if he talked about the, the, the physical abuse or whatever, but nonetheless, he, he divulged enough info to let people know, hey, like this is how it went yeah, down. Yeah. It didn't work out and what have you. But yeah, I mean, just, I guess with him, man, it's just like focus on the music mm-hmm. because he, there was culpability on his part, but even Khalees said that there's culpability on her part too. Yeah. So it's not like she threw him under the bus. She yeah. said, listen, he beat me up, but I also beat yeah, him up as well. Too, yeah. You know what I mean? Like, they both accepted the culpability. It's a stalemate. Mm-hmm. I get it. The double standard is mm-hmm. you can't, men can't hit women because we're much more physical than them. Yeah. But then if a woman hits a guy, then we clown him, et cetera, et cetera. Yeah. But at the end of the day, like, it's it's on equal parables in terms of, you know, like domestic violence, whatever. Mm-hmm. It shouldn't be done anyway, regardless. Yeah, you know what I mean? Regardless yeah. of the misconceptions or anything of the sort. I don't condone it at all. Like, if you ever have any issues, talk it out. If you can't talk it out and there's no other way to come back from whatever you guys are doing, call it off, yeah. basically. You know what I mean? So, Definitely. I, for one, cannot wait for this album to appear on streaming platforms because <laughs> I am a non-stan. Yeah. I will defend him <laughs> no matter what. I was actually going to wear my Illmatic t-shirt today, but I elected not to because I felt like it would have been stating the obvious. <laughs> but in my like, he's my favorite rapper of all time. Yeah. I, feel, I feel like he's the greatest lyricist of all time, specifically. I feel like he's the greatest storyteller of all time because the way this guy crafts stories, I can do an entire podcast on that. <laughs> I can deliver an entire dissertation on that. Yeah. So I'll leave it at that. <laughs> but nonetheless, people listening at home, watching at home, what do you guys think? Again, hit me up on Twitter at CoolRadioCC to share your thoughts. And the final topic for Trip Talk, man. We got to get into this XXL freshman cover, okay? Now, <laughs> this is going to hurt my head because I'm going to name off the names of the artists who were selected to be a part of this cover, all right? Now, I remember back in the days of like the later 2000s is when they really got a pop. And like, on those covers, I remember... I think the first one either came out in 07 or 08, one of those two years. But I remember it was Lupe Fiasco, it was Plies, Royce to 5'9", Joel Ortiz. I think, who else was on there? Um, Crooked Eye was on there. Um, uh, they had Rich Boy was on there. So they had an even mix of your lyrical rappers, your, your commercial rappers. It was an amalgamation, yeah. which I'm cool with. That's yeah. fine. And then the and then the next year, because those guys, they weren't oh yeah, Papoose was on there too. Those guys I wouldn't consider them freshmen because a lot of them were just underground who yeah. hadn't been popping until that moment. I think Lupe yeah. was actually the only actual freshman because mm-hmm. he was popping around in 05 with the mixtape season, they came with an album in 06, so on and so forth. Yeah. But then the following year, that's when they got it popping. They had Asher Roth, Charles yeah. Hamilton, yeah, yeah. Wale, Mickey Fax. Kid Cudi was on there. A lot of these people who are just new up yeah. the MySpace generation. That's what I call exactly, them. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? I think 
I think Currency was the only veteran on that on the, on that cover because he was with Cash Money or well yeah Cash Money and Young Money back in 05 when they first started Young Money, and then by that time he was already on his own and trying to establish himself. So I, I guess you know he could be considered a new artist then. Yeah. But they had an even mixture, and then another year they had Kendrick Lamar, uh, uh, Sai High the Prince, uh, Diggy Simmons, Little Twist, like again yeah. a mixture. Mixture yeah. But then they started effing it up. <laughs> they effed it up for like I think the last good, the last decent one I can remember was the one with Logic and what's his face. There's Logic. It was Dizzy Wright. Um, what's a uh, what's that guy that sounds like Ghostface, the white guy? Sounds like Ghostface. Oh, uh, um, why am I blanking out? Uh, Action Bronson. There we Action go. Bronson. Action Bronson. Ghostface. They, yeah, yeah, yeah. He, he sounds exactly like Ghostface. Yeah, I it's hear it crazy. Now, man. But anyways, it, that was the last decent cover. And then from 2013 and onward, they've just been like shit in the bed or whatever. I'm like, what are you guys doing? So anyways, I digress. I'm going to go into the list that they have right now. And these are the following people, the following artists, if you will, that are on the list. And I quote, <clears throat> let's see here. <laughs> okay. Ski Mask the Slump God. <laughs> these are some interesting names. Oh, wow. <laughs> um. Little Pump. No, not, not, not Little, sorry. Lil. Lil Pump. Smoke Perp. J-I-D. Yeah, whatever. Um, Steflon Don. Now, to be fair, I heard she's actually pretty decent, so I'll give her some clemency for now. For now. Um, Block Boy JB. Okay. Um, YBN Namir. Cultural name, I'll give it some, some, all right. Um, this one confused me. Wi Fi's funeral. I mean, so many question marks on that one. I mean, is, is that the kind of thing that happens when your router's not working yeah, or something? Like, I mean, I, anyways, and then the final one is Trippy Red. Okay. Trippy Red. First of all, this is why I have to say to it, <clears throat> and I quote, No! Not at all, not at all. We will not have it all. Um, uh, okay. Um, you know what, Rhino? You're going to have the floor right now. Um, oh, okay. what, what, what do you feel about these names and, and these artists? Um, to, to, to be, let me just say that I only know of two of the artists that you named. Right. And that's Little Pump and Trippy Red. Right. And that's literally because of Instagram and like, like just browsing. Right. So I actually haven't heard their music. Yeah. Uh, so my opinion on that is like I don't know who any of those guys are. Like, okay. <laughs> like, See, I've been noticing this again for like the last I guess it's been like five years now because we're in 2018. The last decent cover was 2012 to so 2013 and onward. I think that's when they kind of they've been kind of like shit in the bed, so to speak. Yeah. My Judy, you had you had little Dicky and, and Arison Pack on a few covers and like they're decent artists. I like them, especially Pack. That's my guy right there. Um, I feel like Double XL is falling into this hole of trying to stay relevant within the quote-unquote new school right now. Yeah, but yeah. the problem is, this is only one faction of the new school. Mm-hmm. So when you put on a cover like this, my question to you in that regard is, what audience are you trying to attract now? You know what I mean? Yeah. Because if you if you have all these little trap baby rappers on, on your cover, then you're basically trying to go for a demographic that, let's be honest, probably doesn't even read. You know what I mean? Like, all they do <laughs> is, true. like, stay blunted, yeah. you know, drink lean, you yeah. know, pop Xanax and codeine and whatever drugs they can find in their mom's cabinet and just get shit-faced, basically. Yeah, don't like, it, yeah. do you 
honestly think like Double XL as a conglomerate, as a corporation, as a crew, or whatever you want to call yourself these days, do you think you're actually going to get that demographic to actually sit down for at least five minutes and read a physical magazine? You know what I mean? I like you really have to ask yourself this question: like, are they really going for the right demographic by by doing this? I personally don't think they are. No, I don't. I think they're shooting themselves in the foot right now, and. I think with a move like this, and I've said this before, and like I'm not surprised anymore, but it really lessens down their credibility because you got to think about it. Before, it was the Source magazine that was like the Bible of like hip-hop magazines, and then it became Double XL. But then when this happened, it's like they got shaky. You know what I mean? So I feel like they're looking for their hits. They're looking for hits. They're looking for retweets, hashtags, reposts, whatever the cool kids are doing nowadays. And I kind of feel like they're selling a piece of their soul by doing that because now you're kind of alienating readers from other artists that they may want to have profiled. Because yeah. like you can't tell me that these are the 10 best rappers that you could find in America. There's no way you could tell me, yeah. especially when you have a track record of of getting really good, credible rappers to be on your cover, like I just mentioned. Like, I'll name off a rogues gallery of artists that have <laughs> been on this cover. Not at the same time, but at one point in time. Yeah, yeah. Kendrick Lamar. Big Crit, Wiz Khalifa, J. Cole, Sai High the Prince, Diggy Simmons, Wale, Asher Roth, Charles Hamilton, hey. Currency. Th- these are 10 yeah, artists yeah. I just <laughs> named between 08 to about maybe 2012. You've had 10 credible artists and more. Mind you, there's yeah, been more. Yeah. But just those 10 alone on a sample size. And you're telling me that within the time that you guys took to compile these artists together, you only found 10? And there were these caliber? Listen, I'm not trying to sound like the old man talking about get off my lawn. Back in my day, hip-hop was real. Like, I'm not trying to be one of those guys because I feel like I'm too young to be one of those guys. You know what I mean? But, like, when this is what you're giving your readers, like, you got to put on the Killmonger voice and be like, is this your magazine? Is this your magazine? You know what I mean? Is this your freshman? (laughs) You know what I mean? So I don't know, man. Like they need to fix up on this, man. I'm not, I'm not you're basically telling me that this is not for me. Mm. Like, do you feel that way as well? No, yeah, I do. I definitely do. Like I know I wouldn't if I see that, I wouldn't pick it up and read it, to be honest. Right. And to be fair, like it's been a long time since I picked up a double XL magazine. a magazine for me, a magazine period. Like, I, yeah, like, <laughs> I don't know, man. Yeah, because everything's electronic nowadays. Exactly. Like, like I read comic books online. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's how real it's getting right now. For real. But like, even like, I remember I used to collect magazines, man. I used to collect the Source and Double. Mm-hmm. I've had some iconic ass mm-hmm. covers, man. Like, my favorite magazine cover that I have is one. And it hurts me to say this because I was standing for this guy for the longest time. But it was Kanye West in 07 when he was getting ready to put out Graduation. And he had the anime background. Oh, so he had like the, the Japanese yeah. uh, kanji symbols in the yeah. background. Looking like he was in Shibuya Terminal and everything. <laughs> with his fresh you know, international jacket in the shades. I'm like, yo, this is my cover right here. And I remember that that that, that anime uh, album cover that he had with, with Graduation. when it was. Oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, I think. Ooh, I can't remember the name of the artist who did it. But that's. One of the illest album covers I've ever seen in my life, regardless. Anyways, I digress. Like, those were the days where Double XL was hot. It was popping. And now they're just kind of conforming to, like, what's trendy and all that stuff. And it sucks. <laughs> it sucks. But anyways, maybe I'm just prejudging right now. Maybe I should... 
give these guys a chance, but I kind of don't want to, so whatever. Um, anyways, do you guys agree? Do you guys disagree? Hit me up on social media at Cool Radio CC to share your thoughts. And now it is time for our Flashback Friday track of the day, and we'll drop it just like this. And you guys already know, man. Hit me up on social media and let me know what you guys want to hear for your Flashback Friday track of the day. Now, these two guys I listened to religiously from when I was younger because of my love for not only hip-hop, but also kung fu and Transformers and all that good stuff in between. And whenever these guys formed the illest tag team, I feel like they could not be stopped at all, especially when you're playing Def Jam Vendetta. And I am talking about Method Man and Red Man. And we're about to get into How High Part 2. So when we get back, we will have our Wanks of the Week. Keep it locked. This is Cool Radio. Yeah. Yes, yes, y'all. Welcome back to the show. Once again, it's your man, DM Cool. And this is Cool Radio. I still got my man, Rhino, in the studio right now. What up, what up? Yeah, I still got Mel Flower in the studio. She's doing her little cameo thing right now. <laughs> yes. And now it is a time that you've been waiting for, and I will not keep you waiting any longer. With that said, <clears throat> who has entered the shallow walls of the Hall of Shame this week? Who has been crowned the captain of coonery this week? Ladies and gentlemen, it is time for Wankster of the Week. It goes a little something like this. This week's Wankster of the Week goes to none other than local rapper fuckboy uh, Takashi69. Now, he is getting the Wankster of the Week because somehow he thought he would be insulting his latest rap contemporary person that he's beefing with in Chief Keef to take his baby mama out for a day of shopping now first of all we, we have to be clear that chief keith's baby mom goes by the name of slim danger all right so that should give you some indication as to why chief keith wants nothing to do with her okay that's one um two he said she went into a video saying how chief keith does nothing to support his child does nothing to support her etc cetera, etc cetera. so Takashi comes in and says, yeah, I'm going to sh show you how to treat your baby mama. But isn't the whole point of having a baby mama to treat the child as well? I mean, that's why they call it baby mama. They don't just call it mama. They wouldn't even call it mama in the first place. Anyways, I digress. I'll get into that later on. So they went on a little bit of a shopping spree, if you will. And basically, she was shopping for Gucci fanny packs at the Gucci store. Now, I'm no connoisseur of you know high-end fashion like Gucci or... Louis Vuitton or whatever, Burberry, whatever. But, like, when you're going to the Gucci store, wouldn't you want to buy something a bit more lavish than a fanny pack? Like, wouldn't you want to get, like, a dress or at least a handbag uh, with all the Gs on it or or some sort of clothing or accessory? Not, not a fanny pack. I, anyways, I digress. So he took her out shopping on video a la... 50 cents with Rick Ross's baby mama from 10 years ago. So he kind of took a play out of his handbook at that moment. But nonetheless, it kind of makes Takashi 69 look foolish because you're spending your hard-earned money on a girl that you barely know. You probably haven't even gotten it in with the sheets with. I would hope you do that you have at this point. And you're spending money that you could have been using for recording time. You could have been using that to put into some sort of investment bond a stock, a portfolio. Either way, even you could have even spent it on a new grill for yourself. 
But you went and spent stacks of money that you had out on the gram or on Snapchat or wherever you're filming that thing from. And you spent it on a girl that you just met the other day. In my opinion, she played you, my G. She played you. She made you look like a sucker. That's what I think. Now, in this generation, I could be wrong. Maybe that's how the men are doing it nowadays. Now, who knows? Maybe it's just an old man Danny talking from his hip, talking about get off my lawn. But how we do things, you know, how this generation does things, if you want to get the one up on somebody, you don't spend money on their baby mama to shame them for their pockets. Because there's a reason why Chief Keep no longer wants to spend money on her. Now, he should be spending money on the kid. Really, because that's what child support is all about. It's child support, not baby mama support. But at the end of the day, Chief Keith, you look like a sucker. And, you know, Biggie called people out like that back in the day, you know, in the song Big Papa. So maybe you need to listen to that again, especially you being a New York dude, you, especially you being a Brooklyn dude at that. And I think this just speaks into the large picture of the fact that he is now doing antics that are ruining his money, like him inciting beef and conflict and all these other things in between. You are doing things that make you a liability now. Like, for example, this freshman cover that we talked about, it had a whole bunch of F-boys on there. And you are captain of the F-boys, yet you weren't on the cover. Why is that? Also, Hot 97 did their annual summer jam that they've been doing for like 20 years now. You weren't on the lineup. And you're from New York. What does that say about the actions that you're doing and how it's impacting your earning potential right now? Instead, you're not earning money. You're losing money. And you're losing money on a girl that you just met two days ago. Like you're flying her out and everything. And you're, you're trying to post up on the ground to make your adversary look bad. But you're actually making him look better. And anytime you're making Chief, Chief Keith look good, you're doing something wrong. Because Chief Keith is a walking meme. And when you're making him look good... You are messing up in the worst way possible. So Chief Keith, sorry, not Chief Keith, so Takashi 69 you are getting the wankster of the week because there's no way in hell that, that Chief Keith looks bad for this and there's no way in hell that Slim Danger or Slim Crossing Sign or whatever her name is looks bad because she's spending your money. You deserve this wankster. You absolutely deserve it. I'm not even going to question that. You're getting the wankster drop and it goes like this. Rhino, your thoughts, sir. <laughs> well, my thoughts on that, like, yeah, like you're saying, it's a generation thing, man. In the day, yeah, he does look bad, uh, Takashi69. Either way, like, he is. I say Takashi69 is a walking meme. Everything he does is a joke. Like, everything Basically. he does is a joke. Like, he does look like a clown from the hair, right? So, it's not surprising that he does something, he would do something like this. Right. Yeah. <laughs> And it's, it's, it's just false bravado at the end of the day. Like, you're not proving anything to anyone. Like, exactly. you like he, he, you look like the fool when you're spending <laughs> your money on another chick that you don't even know. And you're doing it all for the sake of gamesmanship or yeah. whatever. Nah, man. You, you look like a sucker right now. You look like a dummy. But anyways, I could go on for days about that. But unfortunately, we have reached, pardon me, the summit of Cool Radio. So... Rhino, I appreciate you coming over. Thank, Thank you for, for coming through. Me. Yeah, for absolutely. You're more than welcome to come through anytime. Yep. Mel will already attest to that. She's been here, what, what, three, <laughs> four, four times now, technically. Um, but yeah, nonetheless, where can the people find you on social media? Uh, they can find me on Instagram and Facebook. Instagram would be uh, Toronto Crump Movement. Okay. And on uh, Facebook would be Jamari Rhino Caesar Whitaker. 
That's what's up. All right. And on that note, people, we are ending tonight's broadcast. I want to thank you all for tuning in. We will be back for another broadcast next week, so stay tuned for that. And as you already know, you can follow me on social media at Cool Radio CC. Follow us on Twitter. Like us on Facebook. Watch the videos on YouTube. Listen to full episodes on SoundCloud. And follow us on IG as well. And as you already know, Cool Radio is a division of Cool Click Media and Entertainment, reminding you each and every day that we are out here creating our own legacies. Keep it great. Wavy and wavy, we are out of here. Peace.